0: Advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers, all on three—one, two, three. Five, Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this season-opening edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Altus with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man, Matt Stat himself, Matt McMullen. Here we go. A reminder. By the way, that the Defending Kingdom show is brought to you by, our podcast is brought to you by 360 Vodka. The hometown vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom. That's 360 Vodka. All right, we spend all year looking at this, and then it comes to the time where the curtain is waiting. And you're waiting in the audience for the first showing on Broadway. And here we are with one of the top
1: games, really, of the whole weekend in the nfl it's crazy isn't it because we, we've been waiting more than 200 days since super bowl 55 to, to just get back out there on the field and to watch this team play and as the months go on it feels like it will never come and then it's game week all of a sudden we play the browns on sunday it's a real football game and you're right it's one of the best games of the schedule uh not just for the whole nfl but for the chiefs in particular it's one of the best games of the year and we're starting right away with the team that we beat in the divisional round of the playoffs last year second consecutive year the chiefs will open the season at
0: home Against a team they beat the year before in the divisional round. In 2020, they beat the Houston Texans, open on the Thursday night as the defending world champions. And this year, we'll play the Cleveland Browns, who they beat just over 200 days ago in that divisional playoff game. Now, before we dive into this show, and uh, we're going to call this, all right, let's get it started, and okay, Kay Adams, because Kay (laughs) Adams is going to join us on this show in just a bit. Uh, But uh, we want to mention, too, we heard from a lot we've heard from a lot of you of where you watch and listen to Defending the Kingdom. And we need to mention this. We've broken the mile over one million views. Of defending the kingdom
1: yeah how special is that congratulations to you by the way oh, to you as that, well that's amazing a million views and you're right about all the people that are listening all over the world truly it's the best part of the show is talking about where people are listening so i have a whole bunch that i'm going to run through here we have a listener in la paz bolivia so down in south america hank in norway an alum of blue valley north high school go mustangs my alma mater uh, thanks for listening hank where's he at Norway. That's in Norway. Okay. Because yeah. he
0: could get together with the guy from Lithuania. Yeah. And have a meeting.
1: Well, we have more in Europe, too. We have uh, Michael in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, S-
0: Scandinavia. Th- yeah. Defending the Kingdom's huge <laughs> in Scandinavia. Well, let's go to
1: Southeast Asia. Ted in the Marshall Islands. <laughs> um, then back here in the U.S., Thomas from Long Island, a uh, listener in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Brian behind Emmy Lines in Tampa. Yeah. So he's over there in Tampa. Uh, And yeah, just people all over the world listening to DTK. It's pretty cool. Been a long summer for Brian, I
0: think, probably living down there. And then also Aaron Warwick uh, watches on the big screen. Like he puts us up on the big screen. We've made it. Yeah, we've made it. If if we're on your big screen, we went from the one dude who's on the toilet. Yeah. Which I thought. Which we'll
1: take. I'll take whatever. Let's just step forward.
0: Yeah. To the dude that's got it on the big screen, like in his man cave, like. Wow. Yeah, it's an like honor. We've arrived. Well, the season has arrived. And this edition, again, we're calling, all right, let's get it started. Okay, Kay Adams, um, because we'll hear from Kay in a second. But, wow, what a game to get this rolling with the Browns. We mentioned, again, a repeat of the divisional playoff game. But to me, Matt, what's interesting is all of the changes. And you mentioned 200 days. If you look at the 200 days since the end of last season, at Super
1: Bowl 55 loss, how much these two teams have changed in personnel and structure? Yeah, the Browns have changed quite a bit. They've added a lot of pieces, particularly defensively. So I'll run through some names here that they've added uh, in the draft: uh, linebacker Jeremiah Usu Koromoa, a hybrid linebacker, a new-age linebacker, a guy that can cover tight ends, uh, go out there in coverage, not just be a thumper linebacker. Uh, they add Greg Newsom, a guy from Northwestern, one of your favorite schools, in the draft at corner. Good player. Yeah. Then also signed uh, a defensive tackle, we all know here in Chiefs Kingdom, because he played for the Broncos for so long. Talking about Malik Jackson, uh, they signed cornerback. Troy Hill, and also the big one, Jadavion Clowney now joining Miles Garrett up front along that defensive line. So what's exciting about this game is we know what the Chiefs have done on their offensive line to change things up to have five new starters, a lot of energy and excitement about this new offensive line, not just this year, but moving forward. And right out of the gate, they're facing one of the best defensive fronts in all of football. So it's a great test, but also a great opportunity for these guys to show what they can do. Always a treat on defending
0: the kingdom, those of you who are watching and listening, is to bring the spotting boards for the game uh, because it brings up some other veterans that they Added Anthony Walker, another Northwestern guy, was really good with the Indianapolis Colts. And then they went to the Rams in the secondary. They get Troy Hill and John Johnson, uh, both played in that 54 51 crazy Monday Night Football game in 2018 um, against Patrick Mahomes. But very interesting the way that Cleveland has put together the roster. I counted 22 new guys of their 53 man roster.
1: 22 new guys since that divisional playoff loss in January. That's amazing. And what we're seeing all these teams doing is trying to build their team to beat the Chiefs. I mean, that's what happens when you're the hunted, and the Chiefs are the hunted nowadays, is you build your roster, not just about winning your own division, which they want to do, but also they're keeping the Chiefs in mind. And what this is another great opportunity for the Chiefs to show is that when you're the hunted, these other teams that want to be the Chiefs, the Chiefs can say, now we're still the top dog. And right away, they can prove that to the rest of the AFC. That's what I love about this game and facing all these good AFC teams early in the season and why I enjoy that is because right away, these t- these teams like the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens that want to be the Chiefs, the Chiefs right away can say, now we're still the Chiefs. We are the back-to-back defending AFC champions. And uh, this conference still goes through our stadium. It's a very exciting way to open the season against the team in the Browns.
0: Very exciting. And the Browns even mentioned this because when you say hey uh, you got to fight him off and you're the being the hunted now th- that's not an arrogant statement I mean no. I, I, you and I both come from the same spot but they admitted when they drafted Greg Newsom, outstanding first round corner from Northwestern led him to the Big 10 West title last year had a great game against Ohio State in the Big 10 championship game but also the reason that they drafted Jeremiah Wosukoramora, koromora JOK because they felt like he is an answer and um, you know, an antidote, if you will, to the Travis Kelsey problem that they had in the playoffs because Kelsey not only ate these guys alive in the playoffs, but in 2018 in that game in his hometown of Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and to people trying to find a defensive piece to cover Travis Kelsey, I say good luck. Uh, I think JOK is a fine linebacker, but we'll see how it plays out. Travis Kelsey is perhaps the greatest tight end of all time, on pace to at least be the greatest tight end of all time. And I mentioned in Kingdom Conversations a stat, I'm going to mention it again because it's incredible. Travis has at least seven catches in 11 straight games, including the playoffs. So since week eight of last year, at least seven catches in 11 straight games. It's crazy. And in that span, so just 11 games, he has 96 grabs for 1,275 yards in just 11 games. Think about that. That would be a tremendous this season for any player in a full 16 game season including the playoffs even with a few more games added but travis kelsey does that in just 11 games he's carrying that momentum into this year so we'll see what he can do week one you, you mentioned that he was so good against the browns last year they'll try to have some different looks for him try to add some different players like they have to try to cover him but uh so far no one's really figured out how to cover travis kelsey
0: here's the other piece of this newness to this game of the 26 offensive players right now on the chiefs 53 person roster 11 did not play against the Browns 200-plus days ago, 11. Now, you're getting some guys coming back, like Blake Bell, but he didn't play in that game. He was a Cowboy. We mentioned the five new offensive linemen, but the Darius Fountains, the Noah Grays, the Jody Fortsons, the Jarek
1: McKinnons, there's a lot of new to this Chiefs team as well. A lot of new, and particularly up front along the offensive line, we've talked about it, five new offensive starters. So what was the important thing for that group, and really all the new pieces in general throughout the preseason, throughout the offseason program, is communication. And the good news is we just heard from uh, Travis Kelsey, actually, in our media session. He mentioned that the communication, particularly along the offensive line, has gotten really good. And in three preseason games, he feels like they've built some momentum and that they're rolling already. That's why the preseason is so valuable. I know the preseason isn't super exciting always because you're not seeing the starters for very long. But those few drives that they play are um, super important just for the continuity, the cohesion of the group. And I think they got a lot of work done uh, in the preseason in terms of their communication to be ready to go for week one.
0: Before we hear from Kay Adams, because you and I had a chance, we sat her down and talked to her a little bit. M- Mizzou grad, by the way, you guys all <laughs> hang together. Uh is to look at the psychology of this game. Now, you started out with it, but honestly, the Browns have no fear coming into GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Let's give them credit there. It reminds me a little bit of the Chiefs. Remember in 2015, they lost to the Patriots in a divisional playoff round after winning their first playoff game in 22 years at Houston in the wild card game. Close game, Niall Davis fumbles late, but you left Foxborough going, hey, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Now, the Browns leave... GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium last year. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, losing only by five. But the Chiefs always had control of that game. They scored their first four or five possessions. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal. They were up 19-3, and the Browns made a push. But it was playing the Williams sisters. It was always 40-15 or 30-15 at Wimbledon. You never took the lead on them.
1: Spot. Because of that, though, Cleveland feels like they have no fear coming in here on Sunday. Want well, to hear something kind of weird about me? This kind of shows an imbalance in my priorities. I burst a very small blood vessel in my eye during that game last year. Okay. Yeah, and then when Chad Henne threw the fourth down pass to Tyree Kill, like all was well. But I went home and I was like, "Oh, a little blood vessel burst in my eye." Was it when Mahomes got the chokehold and had to? Leave it, it was around that point, you know. But hey, we won, and that's all that matters. And I'm looking forward to maybe one day a statue of Chad Henne in that game because that was truly a legendary performance but
0: or maybe a statue <laughs> of you with the blood vessel popping in your maybe eye, it's
1: like guys I care so much and you're
0: and you're and you're giving your latest report right <laughs> yeah. it's it's the latest we're gonna powering hear from this, through and you're just you can't even see yeah uh, your keyboard well see, uh, you, you
1: can't you can't cheer in the press box which is where I am so all I can do is just uh, combust slowly internally but hey even though you're not cheering I, I truly care in there but to your point I think it gets back to the whole concept of a statement game And for the Browns, they're looking at this as an opportunity to have a statement game against the Chiefs, right? And that's what uh, the Chiefs always wanted against the New England Patriots, is a statement game. And that's what all these young teams in the AFC want. But what I see this as, and I mentioned this earlier, is that this is also a statement game opportunity for the Chiefs. Because... Do not forget, the Chiefs are 25-3 and in their last 28 games. That is crazy. That includes the game in which the starters didn't play against the LA Chargers at home. So this team has been virtually unbeatable for two years. They lost in the Super Bowl, and that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So what this is is a chance to go back out there against a team that is trying to challenge you and wants to be the best team in the AFC in the Browns. And in week one, you can say, hey, we're still here. We are the best team in football, and we're still here, and we can show that right away. And that's what is so exciting, once again, about this game. It's a escaping game for the Chiefs, not just for teams trying to come beat the Chiefs.
0: The September record, too, is just <laughs> you can't look past it. Andy Reid's 20 and 5 as the Chiefs head coach in September. What the last loss was at Houston in 2016 uh, in September. Patrick Mahomes has never thrown an interception in September. It's insane. I mean, it's crazy. But here comes Cleveland. Yes, they're a challenger. Now, before we get to Kay's thoughts, the fact that Cleveland has had a lot of national love. We have nothing to do. We love the NFL. Everybody does. And all you have to do, all you do is talk about it for seven months. So you just create these thoughts and, you know, preposterous things. But the Cleveland Browns received a lot of love that they have never received, at least since they came back in 1999, this offseason. The Browns are getting tons of love. People think this is a playoff team, and I can't argue
1: against it. I can't argue against it either, and they should get a ton of love. I mean, they're a good team. They're a good team coming into this year. They were a good team last year, and they're a great story. I mean, they make the playoffs last year for the first time since 2002. That's a great fan base there in Cleveland. It's one of the historic NFL franchises. You want to see those teams that haven't had a lot of success – do well, because we we know what that's like for the longest time. The Chiefs hadn't won a playoff game. So we know what it's like to want to get back to that level of play. So I'm happy for the Cleveland fans. I'm happy for the Browns. Uh, I don't want them to win in week one, but it's good for the Browns. It's good for the NFL, for the Browns to be a good team. And they're, I mean, they're a legitimate contender in, in the AFC. And that's why, once again, it's important for the Chiefs to go out there in week one and uh, get down to business. But uh, it's, it's good for the NFL if the Browns are playing well.
0: I'm with you. That division is going to be Good. I mean, you got to. They got to still beat the Steelers and Ravens, and I think the Bengals are going to get on Henry, at least Henry er this season if Burrow can stay healthy. Sure. All right. Now, Kay Adams has not always been like the biggest Chiefs fan of all time, even though she went to Mizzou, but she's got some very, very poignant thoughts about the season as a whole. Some interesting things about the NFL, but also about this Chiefs-Browns matchup. Okay, we're going to take a little bit of a uh, pit stop here on defending the kingdom but what a pit stop it is because look at our pit crew uh kay adams (laughs) the incomparable uh co-host on good morning football mom
2: babysitter oh my gosh
0: (laughs) i gotta ask you about it because i think it's the mount rushmore i i think of the great nfl shows and there's a lot of shows that feel like it's seventh grade p.e class towel snapping
2: yeah there's a little of that
0: But you guys seem to have found the balance between, hey, we're going to give you a lot of great information and respect the league, and yet we're going to snap a few towels at PE class.
2: It's true. Now that Mount Rushmore is disrupted because Nate Burleson has departed us, Mm. and now we're doing some sort of a a Jeopardy fill-in host situation to see who will be filling his spot. The chemistry, incomparable. Because we all love football the same way. We don't agree on everything, but that that has always steered the show, and that's why I think it was successful. Thank you for watching.
0: That's awesome, awesome. And my dad's like the most jealous person right now. He's like the biggest Kay Adams fan. Really? It's like, you're talking uh, to Kay Adams. Just like, <laughs> we'll have to call like, him. Like, yeah, I so, could just listen clipped.
2: to you all day. You're, you could just narrate my life. That, the dulcet tones.
0: <laughs> the uh, But but honestly, it's the, it's the balance that you found. And, yeah. and so there's a chemistry that people want to find or they will try to find a niche. You seem to have found it. Now, I know that's with Nate coming off, you got to kind of recapture that, but it'll be tough. There has to be a respect among your crew to think I'll disagree with you. But guess what? I'm going to accentuate this part of the game while Peter, I mean, they. Yeah. the others do the other.
2: It's interesting because, like, like I'm. I went to Mizzou. I I've been to many, many a game at, in the Chiefs' at kingdom, Arrowhead. In the, yeah. Chiefs, I mean, my, my my little niece sends me messages The like, "Go Chiefs, go Chiefs." I send her swag all the time. <laughs> but the Chiefs fan base that watches Good Morning Football, they think that I'm like anti-Chiefs, but that's not it at all. You're talking balance. Peter Schrager so effusive. Sorry, no he's what yeah. calling me. Uh, Peter Schrager so uh, was so excited about Patrick Mahomes when he was drafted ever since then that, you know, I have to just give the other side. And so I find myself then being, well, what about the defense? Well, what about the pass rush? Well, what about these when these questions were coming before uh, their big Super Bowl run? So, you know, I, I always – you have to you have to balance it out. I love the Saints. Everyone thinks Nate hates the Saints. But it's not that he hates the Saints. It's that he has to be like, well, okay, what about the fact they get there and don't win and go very far? So it is a balance, and uh, I'm very glad you see see it that way. It's true. I wish all Chiefs fans saw it that way.
0: But so many in the NFL, I think, agree with me that are in the business. Yeah. They go, okay, this isn't some joke show. Let's put a you know, beach ball on the nose of a walrus and have tried to get numbers. All right, let's jump into the opening weekend of the National Football League year. And rarely do you get a previous year divisional playoff matchup that went down to the wire, and that's going to be the opening game. But here's the Chiefs opening up GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium to open the season against the Cleveland Browns. What about this game?
2: I th- I think that the Cleveland Browns have been preparing for this game since January, and I think the Chiefs fans need to know that and not look past them. This is a powerhouse in the AFC that added, you look at that game, they addressed their secondary, they took a corner with their first round pick to do that because obviously, you know, the Chiefs took care of business, they always will. Um, J.O.K., Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, very quick. You have to look at what Travis Kelsey did to this to this defense last year, and you've got to think he's going to be part of the game plan. So that's a matchup I'm specifically looking forward to. Not to mention the fact that the Browns sort of had the Chiefs there when Mahomes got out. They had opportunities they didn't capitalize on. If you have a guy like Odell who's out there and healthy, couple big plays to him, could they get it done? But you're talking balance on Good Morning Football. I think people are sleeping on the Browns as a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Like The Chiefs have to take them seriously, and I know that they will, of course, and they're well-prepared, but this is a team that's balanced on every level, offense and defense, and I really think they're going to make waves this year, week one included.
0: I love what they've done. Greg Newsom. you could have gone to Northwestern. I couldn't have got into Northwestern, so I went to K-State. You went to Mizzou. You could have gone to Northwestern. And you grew up up at Whitney Young High School. I
2: would not have gotten into Northwestern. Come on. Medill
0: School of Journalism. I didn't
2: even try. Also, I wasn't on my radar. I was like, uh, that's how how close to my parents' house? I'm leaving. Seven hours Mizzou sounds like a bright place for me to be.
0: You think my seven on the ACT probably... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Didn't get to the like that was it, uh, but but I mentioned that because Greg Newsom I think is an outstanding pickup by the Browns. He needed him, and you throw him in with those guys in the secondary. Uh, but it seems like the Browns have been—it's like the tire you keep filling up with air, but it mm-hmm. keeps—you have to keep filling it up with air. It seems like with Kevin Stefanski, they might have got this right and they brought a new tire.
2: They love him. They have a balanced run game, and Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be a pro. He doesn't have to do Patrick Mahomes-like things, not that Patrick isn't loaded on offense either. They're running the ball successfully. That defense should come to play, and people, you know, I think there's a lot of indecisiveness and a lot of negativity surrounding Jadavian Clowney. Do I think he can revitalize himself opposite Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett, who feels very disrespected going into the season, he's made that very clear. Uh, So he's got a familiarity with Patrick Mahomes. They knew each other from Texas. Patrick Mahomes told me in a sit-down interview uh, that he was just as big in high school. He was like a legend that he would hear from even though they never played each other. So I'm excited to see that matchup as well with that offensive line for the Chiefs.
0: The Chiefs kingdom, you know, they're thinking "K doesn't like us or K loves us. or. <laughs> but I'm just curious, over three years, 39 and 9, okay, these are the salad days of Chiefs football yeah. when you look at it historically. Why do you think, when you study the whole league, why the Chiefs have been able to do what they've done?
2: Culture. I feel that the second I, I land here. Even before I did preseason for the Chiefs, I you know I've been to every stadium. I cover it for game day on NFL Network. You you walk into Arrowhead, every fan, every person, every intern, the grounds crew. There's a swell of pride before this even started, and it was a long-awaited. Super Bowl birth. It's, it, you know, for everyone from from Norma Hunt, who I met and I've sat down with and Clark and the, the family nature of it all, making the right decisions. But I really think it's a culture thing from the bottom up. And even just, if I can just say this personally, how I'm treated by the team with them knowing my family uh, is, is in the area. They, you know, what can they do? Community outreach, all of those things. You don't see that with every team. I can say that with 100% certainty. It's a class organization, top to bottom, and I think that has a lot to do with the winning culture.
0: Final question, and it's been fun to have you uh, be on the sideline during the Chiefs preseason telecast with Matt McMullen. Uh, my he's a co-
2: genius, that Matt McMullen. He's,
0: he, well, he's, a, he's Matt Stat, we call what him. What a right? savant. He's like a flash. You yeah, just,
2: he's standing right there. I huh? know,
0: But you have a USB port, and you just plug it in, you're like, wow, OK. That's what I told uh, him.
2: I said, can I just take this USB port just, and put, like, just, yeah, put it like, yeah, that in. third stringer on the depth yeah.
0: But final question has to deal with, let's look at the whole league as we jump in now to what? The 102nd year of the National Football League and just and you have to study all 32 teams. Mm -hmm. We're immersed in the Chiefs kingdom. As you begin this year, you're thinking the NFL is this, this and this. What is it?
2: What do you mean? The NFL is this, isn't this? Your
0: thoughts on the whole league as a whole. Like, I mean, it's become there's the English Premier League in soccer. Mm -hmm. And then there's the NFL. I mean, now it's becoming worldwide. But what are you seeing from the game, you think, in the last couple of years that intrigues you about the 2021 season? What do you want to see? What do you think you're going to see? Or just overall, as you study it, uh, the interest in this league.
2: I think I think as where I am in my life, I never went through this wave of losing the quarterbacks. I, this is my first wave of losing the quarterbacks who I love. Right, like seeing the Philip Rivers go away. I shouldn't even bring him up with this to the Chiefs. I'm so sorry. You've intercepted him nine million times. Get over it. Dan Sorensen see... was running back, so he should get five more picks. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. there we go. <laughs> so to see guys like Big Ben talking about his arm strength, to see Drew Brees retire. Like this is the first wave of of losing that and getting this exciting new wave of guys that have played the game the entirely differently way different way like Lamar Jackson him winning an MVP so it's interesting to see this old hat old school Brady still around thing and this new wave of guys like Patrick Mahomes who have come in and sort of flipped the table on its head so I personally find myself intrigued by saying bye to that generation and then seeing what these new exciting players are going to do to snatch the torch from them
0: fascinating but then I got a follow-up follow-up blast last is then it seems like these teams now are got the witching stick out looking for the next Mahomes. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, well, there, Trey coaches, Lance.
2: Coaches too looking for the next McVay. Everyone's going yeah. younger. Shanahan. It's going faster, smaller, quicker. Uh that's obviously the way that the the league is going. But then you have who won the Super Bowl? I mean
0: mm-hmm. and who won the Super Bowl before that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it's all this, there's this, struggle, it's all this wisdom, right? But there is this there's this yeah.
2: w- wisdom experience, you know, versus young gun, XO, dynamos and speeds, but the, but you look at this organization, they've got it all on spades.
0: Awesome to have you with us. You just keep rolling on that show. Big part of the Chiefs Kingdom's Good Morning Football. Yes, they're on the Mount Rushmore of all shows and she's on the Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore. Thanks, kid. Oh, wow, wow. Kay Adams, so bright, uh, and love Good Morning Football. I'll just put it out there. That's the best show. I I mentioned to her, and I wasn't trying to flatter her or anything else. That show just rocks everybody.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Every day when you turn on Good Morning Football, you end up laughing and you learn something, and that's the most important thing when you watch a football show. That doesn't really happen across the board, so it's it's the best football show hands down.
0: And when Peter and Kyle did their parody of Wolf on Wall Street, (laughs) it was the greatest moment in NFL history uh, of any show. All right. That being aside, I was interested in her thoughts when I asked her globally what she thought of the NFL going into the 2021 season. She thought a second and then had a very interesting answer, and that is we're now seeing an official changing of the guard. Drew Brees takes off. like It's it's the era now of the Patrick Mahomeses, and who's going to join him?
1: Yeah, and it's for sure happening in the AFC. We've seen that over the last several years because for the longest time, it was Peyton Manning, it was Tom Brady, it was Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if you look at the representatives in the Super Bowl for the AFC over the last 20 years, for the longest time, I think Joe Flacco was like the only anomaly from that group. It's crazy. (laughs) And I guess Rich Gannon, if you go far back enough, I mean, it was insane. Well, those guys are gone. Brady's in the NFC. Rothensburg is still there, but he's not quite the quarterback that he was. Uh, And of course, Peyton Manning retired. So you have Patrick Mahomes taking over as the lead dog in the AFC. And one thing that's so interesting about that is you have guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, who we'll talk about, trying to be in that next tier of quarterback. And so far, the Chiefs have not lost to one of those guys when Mahomes started, which is super interesting to me. So, for sure, a changing of the guard in the AFC and the NFL as a whole. It's exciting. It's good for the game to see so many good young quarterbacks. I'm glad we have the best one.
0: Yeah. And by the way, in case you don't know, every NFL quarterback that's playing now started at one way or another at Texas Tech and then transferred out. Apparently. Uh, oh, my gosh. How many quarterbacks did they have at one point? then Now, our guy stayed all the way through Wreckham Tech, right? So he did not transfer, but Baker Mayfield did uh, and went in as a walk-on at Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas, which is an outstanding high school, great football tradition. So we got a little Texas high school thing going on here with Lake Travis against White House, Texas. But let's jump into Baker Mayfield because Mayfield, to me, is a little bit in the category of Lamar Jackson. Okay, if we're going to categorize these quarterbacks, right? Justin Herbert's out here somewhere is he the next can he take on Mahomes? Well, we did, you know, we're not there yet. Right, we're going to, we're going to get there in a couple of weeks. But in the case of Mayfield, finally gets a first playoff victory for the for the Browns since 1994. Oh, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is, makes it even better. Yeah. But now when you look at him, I mean 75 touchdowns, 43 picks. Nothing too glamorous. Only through one interception in the last 9 games of 2020. So he's coming in with some momentum. But is he in that next class of quarterbacks that Kay's talking about of who's going to kind of take over the league over the
1: next 10 years Is mayfield in that class or is he not so he's trying to be in that class and i think we saw for him a career year last year and if you look at the numbers for the most part a lot of his numbers were very similar to what they've been in the past so completion percentage passing yards passing touchdowns those things are pretty much all in line last year with what he did during his first two years as a pro but what was different was the interceptions and you alluded to this his rookie season he threw 14 interceptions then in 2019 he threw 21 interceptions you can't be doing that if you want to be a good team. And they had losing records uh, that reflected that. But last year, he only throws uh, eight picks all year long and really didn't have any toward the end of the year. He won the playoff game uh, against us and then won uh, in his final whatever many games uh, besides that. But when you're not throwing interceptions, you're giving your team a chance to win. And I think the difference between the Browns being a team that has potential and is on the cusp to being a winning team that's in the playoffs really came down to him turning the ball over. And he, he was really good last year. Let's just uh, give him his credit there. The thing about Mayfield, though, and every quarterback for the most part, except for Patrick Mahomes, incredibly, is going to be like this. But when you're under pressure, you're probably not going to be as good as when you have a clean pocket. But with Mayfield, the differences are pretty distinct. So when he has a clean pocket last year, he throws 28 touchdowns, four interceptions a PFF offensive grade of 93 on a scale of 0 to 100. That was the 11th best PFF quarterback grade in the NFL. But under pressure, just two touchdowns, five interceptions on the year, and an offensive grade of 41. That was the fourth worst in the NFL. Look at the playoff game. The Chiefs pressured him eight times last year, and on those eight pressures, he completed two of seven passes with an interception. So what it basically gets down to, if you pressure Baker Mayfield, he is a different player.
0: So their reaction to that, this Cleveland offense – Keep in mind, Kevin Stefanski was in Minnesota for 16 seasons. Brad Childress, a friend of Andy Reid and a former Chiefs assistant, brought him in basically at the very entry level. Like he was the guy doing the uh, cards uh, and setting up the plan for Chili uh, and then going getting Chili some coffee and some, you know, (laughs) McDonald's. Uh, But Stefanski has learned. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's an excellent staff. But this – to, to your answer, here's how they do it as countermeasures. This is a very 49er-ish, uh, Kyle Shanahan-ish, uh, Mike Shanahan-ish offense. Run to throw, bootlegs, play action, throw to the backs and the tight ends. Now, it's interesting. When I looked at the um, – this is kind of a mat stat for you here. Patrick Mahomes, and this is skewed by Travis Kelsey, but his wide receiver targets last year were only 52.8% to wide receivers. Uh, Mayfield's 52.1%. Okay? Here's the point, though. Mayfield is wanting to throw to the backs. And to me, it might be the key matchup on this side of the ball. And that is, without Willie Gay Jr., who's not going to play in this game, the backs as receivers. Not as much Nick Chubb, but a guy like Kareem Hunt. We know. Go back and watch the New England Chiefs game of 2017 that we mentioned before we talked to Kay. But that's going to be a challenge. Second level of the defense protecting against the tight ends, and Hooper can play, and Joku had some catches last year in a playoff game, specifically against Kareem Hunt in arrows, angles, screens, those little 8- to 10-yard passes where he won't be under pressure gets rid of the ball quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kareem's a, a weapon in the passing game. We've seen that. You mentioned it. And look at what he did last year in Cleveland. He led that team in receiving touchdowns with five of them. I mean, that says everything you need to know right there. Uh, he ranked third on their team in terms of catches and fifth in receiving yards. We know he can catch the football. The good news is for this Chiefs defense is they saw – this exact pretty much offense in terms of the the Baker throwing to the running backs last year in the playoffs and what they do. I mean, the Browns running backs in that playoff game, Chubb had two catches for four yards and Kareem had one catch for two yards. And if I recall that Kareem catch came in a pretty big moment, right? And There was an open field tackle by, I think, Charverius Ward when the Browns are trying to get back into it. So that's some good news. We've seen the Browns throw the football to the running backs. We saw it against the Steelers last year in that playoff game and do it with a ton of success. But the Chiefs have put good reps on film against that very thing.
0: And in running the ball, we know that Chubb is a beast. His 4.1 yards after contact, pro football focus, number one of all running backs in the NFL. That includes Derrick Henry. In fact, if you take the rushing yards together of Chubb and uh, of Kareem Hunt and combine them, Derrick Henry still would have beaten them, but they're going to pass up Dalvin Cook. But the two-headed monster of this Browns running back crew really is considered combined number two in
1: the NFL right behind Derrick Henry. Yeah, they're right there. And I mean, look at their numbers last year, 2,374 rushing yards as a team last year. That was third most in the NFL. And 74 runs of at least 10 yards were the second most in the NFL. When this team rushed for 150 yards or more, they were 6-0. and And when they had at least 100 yards, which was 15 times the second most in the NFL behind Baltimore, uh, they were 11-4. and So this team is very good when they rush for a bunch of yards. Once again, though, the Chiefs allowed 100 yards against this team last year, and the Chiefs won the game. So it's about controlling the game. They'll get the their yards at times you know that but you want to make sure they don't get their yards in big moments uh, make sure that you are getting them off the field you don't want them to have 15 play drives where they're running at a ton of times but once again great opportunity I'm going to keep saying that an opportunity for this defense to go out there week one and show what they can do we're really excited about this new defensive front what can you guys do against the run uh, here in week one good offensive line for Cleveland as well so a good test but uh, I have confidence in what Steve Spagnuolo's crew can do
0: I think it's the most understated part of this game is that defensive front that's different either in scheme or personnel in case of Jaron Reed, but a lot of things different than what the Browns and Baker Mayfield saw in January. Finally, before we get to uh, this opening weekend and some things we want to mention field position, it was lousy for Cleveland. They were lousy last year. They were only four teams were worse in the NFL last year than Cleveland on the road in field position. Go back to that divisional playoff game. Here's their drive starts their own, 25 25 25 25 23 25 and 20. That's tough never did they shift the field yeah at one time and that would be big if they're going to pull off this upset
1: yeah it would be big and that's why you're relying on guys like Darius Fountain Jody Fortson Darius Harris guys that made this team out of camp uh you have to go out there on special teams and prove why you made this team in kick return punt return all those things uh punt coverage kick coverage that's super important. Those are the things that you don't want to talk about on Monday after a game because everything went well, and that's why you're relying on these guys and Dave Tobe and his special teams unit. We think it might be the best special teams unit he's ever had, and that's saying a lot for this team, uh, so. to go out there week one and, and show what you can do against uh, those returners.
0: Okay, it's your and my favorite weekend because it's the season opening weekend, but it's also Red <laughs> Friday, and, hey, you can be – listening and watching in Lithuania and Bolivia, and maybe you're on the toilet or maybe you're in your man cave or you're sneaking it up your ear and work like at Alpha Point with the blind quarterback, but it's time to get your
1: Chiefs Kingdom flag. Yep. And what do you got, Matt? So this is the Red Friday flag for this year, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, If you're listening to this, you can visualize it. You can also find it at Chiefs.com slash Red Friday, I believe. You can get these on Friday, Red Friday, uh, beginning at 5 a.m. at area McDonald's locations uh, for a $5 donation. That's going to the Ronald McDonald House uh, of Kansas City, an incredible worthy cause. You can also find these online at shop.chiefs.com for a $10 donation. They're an awesome way to commemorate your uh, fandom for this team while once again all net proceeds supporting a tremendous cause in the Ronald McDonald house.
0: And since defending the kingdom is the number one podcast in the Scandinavian countries. Yeah. We need to see these babies flying in Norway and Sweden, Lithuania yeah. and Estonia and Latvia and Greenland and everywhere. Yeah. Tweet we, at us. Yeah.
1: Like, take a photo of these things in crazy places and tweet at us. We'll love to see them
0: all year long. Go online and get yours uh, delivered to Denmark. Uh, so uh, anyway, it's time to get this started. Also, by the way, if you are listening and watching and coming to the game on Sunday, we want to tell you emphatically, as much as Matt and I can say it and emphasize it and put it in italics if we could. That is, I don't know if this is close caption or not, but if it is, we'd put it in italics. Get here early. It's going to be a big crowd for this game, but with a 3:25 start, people can get here earlier. There's just a little bit of reduction of staff with COVID, and that that uh, preseason game was tough. If you wait, we want everybody in their seats when the Chiefs come on the field. That's one goal. Two, we want you to experience the full experience of Arrowhead Stadium on game day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to feel like a playoff, but Matt, get here early.
1: Yeah, get here early. It's been a long time since we've had a full stadium here at home, so I just encourage everybody to get here early. I mean, aren't you excited and ready for some Chiefs football? Get here as soon as you can. When gates open, uh, you won't regret it.
0: So let's get it started. Okay, Kay Adams, let's get it started. He's Mac McMullen. I'm Mitch Holtis. Let's indeed get it started. Thanks for joining this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.